Do today's young students lack the important historical and cultural underpinnings of a complete education? And is today's materialistic society damaging our children? Also, a new study says half of Americans have changed their religion. This is Jerry Johnson Live from Criswell College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian worldview for Christ and culture. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Your host is Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson. I understand Senator Obama said that uh, if al-Qaeda established a base in Iraq, that he would send troops back in uh, militarily. Uh, Al-Qaeda already has a base in Iraq. It's called al-Qaeda in Iraq. All right, that's Senator John McCain. He's reacting to Barack Obama last night at the debate, who said, when asked, you've called for the withdrawal of troops from Iraq. What if al-Qaeda comes back? Would you reinsert troops? And Barack Obama said, yes, I would. And, of course, McCain's saying, well, they're there right now. We're going to have, at the end of the show, not right now, but at the end of the show, An analysis of the debate last night between Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama. That'll come up at 545. But first, here's the question. Um, Are we failing the current generation of children as a culture, as a society? Two new studies out this week. One says our teenagers don't know historical references don't know cultural references that they must know to make their way in American society. Another study comes out this week and says, we have commercialized our children, and they are focused on things and stuff. And we're going to talk about these studies. We're going to talk about who's at fault. Is it the school? Is it the home? Is it the church? Where have we gotten it wrong? We're going to talk to a professor of humanities about all of that in just a minute. I must say, though, today that a conservative legend has passed. That is William F. Buckley, Jr., dead at age 82. Here's President Bush on William F. Buckley. He was so articulate, and he had captured, captured the imagination of a lot of folks because he, was, he had a great way of defining the issues. Uh, it was erudite, and yet a lot of folks from different walks of life could understand it. All right. 
He was the host of Firing Line. William F. Buckley wrote God and Man at Yale. He was the editor of the National Review. He was a truly a Renaissance man. He was a defender of the Christian worldview. And uh, at the half hour, we're going to have a defense of belief in God from William Buckley. We've got some sound where he argues for the existence of God. Maybe you never heard of this guy. Maybe you're a younger person. You say, who was this guy? You'll want to hear his defense for the existence of God, because at the half hour we're going to talk about another study which says that half of Americans have changed religions. That's amazing. Half of Americans have changed their religion. That's a headline from the Dallas Morning News yesterday. What do you make of that? At the half hour, we're going to talk about that. But first, this study in USA Today, done by the group Common Core, here's the headline, Teens Losing Touch with Common Cultural and Historical References. And what they're saying is this, that high schoolers don't know the classics, don't know our history, and don't know really who we are and where we've come from. Whose fault is this? With us to talk about it is a professor of humanities right here at Criswell College, Dr. Barry Creamer. Dr. Creamer, I have to say that tomorrow is preview day here at Criswell College. Right. We're all about education. Right. And um, you teach the humanities. You also teach theology. You teach philosophy. You teach ethics. But uh, when we're talking about American history and American culture, uh -huh. the history of Western ideas, you're at home with this topic. Oh, yeah. And um, we really want to know, you know, what's going on. What's the report card for American schools, American homes, even the church? Who's, who's responsible for this? But this study is really fascinating. Uh, let's talk about it. Uh, you looked at this study briefly. Yeah. Tell us um, what are the problems and uh, let's go with this. Well, it's the same kind of concern we've had for just about a whole generation now, and that is that we're worried that the students who are uh, coming through our public schools, coming through our private schools, it doesn't matter what, what educational system they're going through, that they just don't know anything. I mean, there's a concern at an intellectual level, of course. Uh, as a professor, I have students in my college classes who have a hard time uh, connecting with anything that I refer to that has any kind of depth or substance to it from our history. I don't know everything. None of us would pretend we can answer a question about everything in history or know every detail of it, but I'm, I'm just talking about very basic things. Uh, uh, this article in USA Today began by mentioning that if you said Big Brother, I mean, I think all of us who are adults know what that's a reference to, Orwell's 1984, and uh, the sense that there is uh, this great authority that might take away all of our liberties and leave us in this, uh, well, we, we understand what it's about. If I mention McCarthyism, I know what I'm talking about, the patience of Job. We understand what that is. But if I mention that to students who are in my classes, they might acknowledge having heard the phrase before. But if I really say, do you understand what I'm talking about? They have no clue what I'm talking about on very basic things. And Christian students even don't know basic things about our biblical history. And, I, and I'm, not, I'm not condemning Sunday school or churches here. I'm looking at the whole culture and saying what we have taken for granted in the past, a reference to Noah or a reference to Abraham or a reference to some other Old Testament figure or New Testament figure, we can't take for granted anymore because students don't automatically know who these people were, much less uh, 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 Harriet Beecher Stowe or uh, somebody who was involved in the civil rights movement 
in the 19th century, in uh, the end of slavery, they wouldn't have any idea who we were referring to. And so it's very scary for us just on an intellectual level to think of how little grounding we have in the things that are, that are well, in the products that are coming out of our educational system. And then secondly, in terms of Christian values, I mean, for crying out loud, if, if you don't know what the basic stories are, you don't know what the basic facts are, it's really hard to understand how you could get the deeper and more meaningful principles that are supposed to come out of those stories anyway. So it's really scary at a Christian level to think about how little of the values that we hold have been passed down to the next generation. All right, here's the question, folks. Who is at fault here? Is it the schools? Is it the church? Is it the parents? And uh, what really should we be teaching? Is it just reading, writing, and arithmetic? Are we doing that well? Uh, Are we supposed to be teaching a culture, a way of life, a worldview? Here's the number, 800-881-9270, 800-881-9270. Now, I've got the full report right here in front of me, Dr. Kramer. I'm going to read some of these results here. A third of these high schoolers did not know the Bill of Rights guarantees freedom of speech and freedom of religion. Now, how can they understand what it means to be an American if one-third of these high schoolers do not believe, understand, and know that we have a fundamental right, freedom of speech and religion? And, and you're talking about high schoolers <laughs> who are going to be voting in the next year or the next two years. They're voting, and they don't even know. Look, I couldn't quote to you the entirety of the first ten amendments and what the entire— but freedom of speech and religion? A third yeah. don't even know it's in there. That's, that's shocking. Here's some more. 44% think the scarlet letter was uh, about a witch trial. Oh, okay. okay. All right. The Nathaniel um, Hawthorne book. Right. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> 43%. The scarlet letter is W. Knew, knew the Civil War was between 1850 and 1900. So that is 60% essentially did not know even a 50-year period couldn't uh, guess the half century in which it took uh, place. It's incredible. Yeah, it is. Uh, here's another one. Uh, half did not know that in the Bible, Job, Job is known for patience and suffering. So the patience of Job, half of them had no sense of what that was about. Which would where mean they know from. nothing about Job. Exactly. Because that's all, I mean, that's the whole point. <laughs> here's another one. 38% um, knew that Chaucer wrote Canterbury Tales. And um, I'm surprised that many knew that. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't here's mean that the as point. An insult. I remember my brother reading that right in high school, right? Or being we did introduced too. to that. We were I in didn't. High I didn't read one book in my high school. Not one in elementary. Not one in junior high. Not one book in high school. Well, I have to be more precise. I, I may not have read them, but they were assigned. Well, I'm going to tell you the rest of that story in a minute. I want to hear But uh, about my reading, yeah. but it wasn't in the schools. Right. All right. Mandy on the line from Dublin. Mandy, what's your reaction to this report, and uh, what's your concern? Well, I'm a teacher, first of all, and all right. in my opinion, I'm a secondary-level teacher. All right. Um, I believe that it's overall society's issue. Um, a lot of the time, no one's expected to take responsibility for their own learning. Um, just going to church, you expect to learn everything about the Bible on right. Sunday and Wednesday night, and that's not very realistic. And a lot of these kids come to high school, and they're not expected to do homework. Their parents get angry if they have homework. And uh, so these kids are supposed to just learn everything in the seven or eight hours they're in class, and that's all. Right. Mandy, let me, no ask you, let me ask you this, what's happened, because uh, on the one hand, 
we're pushing for kindergarten and pre-kindergarten today. I didn't go to kindergarten at all. But kindergartners today are given homework routinely, first and second graders given homework. On the other hand, my parents went to high school in the 50s, the 40s. They read Moby Dick. They read Pilgrim's Progress. They read Chaucer. They read Shakespeare. I didn't have to read any of that. I wasn't asked to read that. What's What has happened in that regard? Uh, what has happened in the difference from the 50s to now? Well, yes, in terms of, you know, we're doing more. We're starting earlier. We have longer school years. We ha- we have more money than ever before put into education, but our high school graduates in the 50s are equivalent of college graduates today when it comes to uh, their awareness of this great literature. Uh, it could have a lot to do with, uh, well, they don't necessarily learn it from their parents at home. Um, I think that makes a huge difference if they're not taught at home and they're not given some kind of foundation to enjoy learning. Well, I do agree with you there, Mandy. We've got to move on to the next caller. Uh, I do think parents must take primary responsibility. Sure, absolutely. I I would only add, you know, I I have great admiration for teachers. Some of my heroes were my teachers, but they were the ones who challenged me. They were the ones who forced me to do what I wouldn't have done otherwise. All right, we got Frank on the line from Little Elm. Frank, what do you think of this study? Well, it's very telling, uh, Jerry, and I think personally, you know, you kept mentioning reading a great deal, and I think, you know, therein lies the issue is, I mean, when I grew up, in my summers, you know, we didn't have air conditioning where I grew up, and I went to the library and read during the summer. My kids grew up, I gave them a book. I think the big problem, to to a large extent, uh, Jerry, is that we have a very entertainment-savvy, entertainment-indulgent society where kids just have no desire to read. And you take away a desire for books and learning, um, they have no interest in that, and you raise a generation of that. Then you end up with teachers who them themselves didn't have to read it, don't think it's important to teach it. And so we lose those classics. We lose the, the love of history of World War II and the Civil War. And I think it's, it, it kind of is very telling of the culture itself. That, and, and I think, personally, it goes clear back to when we took God out of the classroom. We took pride out of the classroom. We took pride of country out of the classroom yeah. because we, we've, we've lost that, that moral thread that was interwoven with, you know, apple pie, America, loving God, going to church, going to Sunday school. we got to go, Frank. We're on a hard break. Sorry about that, but I say amen to all of that. This is Jerry Johnson Live with Dr. Barry Creamer. What has happened to our educational system? When we come back, a new report also says we're giving them, the young people, children, commercialism. you got to have things. We're going to talk about that. Hey, what are you doing with your life? If you're interested in doing ministry at college or just doing something for Christ now, come to Chriswell College and learn how you can get your education and get trained for ministry. Chriswell College in Dallas offers fully accredited bachelor's and master's degrees in biblical studies, youth ministry, missions, evangelism, counseling, and more. If you'd like to come and check us out, we're having a preview day on February 28th from 8.30 until 1 o'clock. Preview Day is a free event where you can send in on some classes, have lunch with professors, ask any questions that you may have, and worship with us in chapel. Give us a call today at 214-818-1393 to reserve your spot. We would love to help you out and answer any questions that you may have. Call us, 214-818-1393, or go to chriswell.edu. 
Call 800-899-0012 for more information about Preview Day at the Criswell College. You can also see more information on the web at criswell.edu. The Criswell College in Dallas. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. He was perhaps that rarity. He was a great man who was also a great guy. He knew absolutely everyone. You know, he knew kings and queens and presidents, but he was never too busy to focus on you. All right, that's Christopher Buckley. He's talking about his father, William F. Buckley, who passed away today at age 82. He said his father was uh, a good role model as a father and a loving father, and certainly he was a man well-read. He was a Renaissance man. If I mean, This guy was a writer, a musician, a broadcaster, and it was, uh, to a large extent, I think, due to his belief in the power of ideas, the importance right. of ideas. We're talking about American education, what has gone wrong. We have with us Professor of Humanities here at Criswell College, uh, Dr. Barry Creamer. He holds the Ph.D. from the University of Texas at Arlington, has a degree from Baylor University, Criswell College. He's taught at North Texas State, Texas Women's College University, also here at Criswell College, teaches theology, ethics, and philosophy. We believe in the humanities here at Criswell College. That's right. And uh, it's, um, that's really what we're talking about. This study in USA Today, this week, right. comes from the group Common Core... And uh, they are shocked at what some of our high schoolers do not know. For instance, half, only half knew the Federalist Papers were written to gain ratification of the Constitution. Now, that mm. is fundamental to what it means to be an American. Sure. And um, we want to know, folks, what do you think? Who's at fault? Is this the parents? Is this the schools? Is this the federal government? Is it the church? We've got callers on the line. Then we're going to go to Dr. Kramer. Rebecca on the line from Fort Worth. Rebecca, what do you think? Well, I think that we all have to take responsibility for teaching our children. You know, I'm a parent, and, and I understand the, the frustration that our teachers have where the, some parents get upset because their kids come home with homework. Well, when my child comes home and she doesn't have any homework, I want to know why. Right. Um, Sure. One thing I have noticed a lot in the last few years is in the in the especially in the elementary and the low income areas, they teach them how to take the test test. Right. It's yeah, teaching to the teaching test is them. a real problem. Uh, yeah. And I, it, it's not that they don't have some content they need to teach. I know you're not saying that. We need to right. teach them how to succeed at taking the test. Uh, but, you know, just trying to cheaply get a person through a problem is not the issue at hand in education, right? Right, yeah. right. And, so, you know, my, my baby loves the history. And and during the um, this month, you know, Black History Month, she was uh, she's doing a book report. And she's really excited about it because she's learning about somebody. But there's, you know, there's, you know? A, I, I hear you. I'm with you. I, of course, I teach the humanities, so it's incredibly valuable to me to teach these fundamental historical, uh, not just facts, but facts that are attached to the values that we hold, especially as a nation right now. That That's really important to me. Uh, but let me just throw, throw a wrench in the works here because... Uh, when parents, I think, have their kids come home and they're learning valuable things, they're always happy with that. But when their kids come home and they're getting an F in a class because they're not reading a book that the parent doesn't
doesn't think is going to help them make money. And so they see it causing a problem for their kid, getting a scholarship or getting a, a degree at a college in the future or making money in some way or another. Then they shy away from the heavier requirements that are going to be put on students to learn even just the basic things that you're talking about, reading a tale of two cities or understanding the history of the of the development of our Constitution and where it came from or Enlightenment philosophy because who wants to learn that stuff, all that philosophy, when the reality is our values are based on it. All right, Rebecca, we've got to move on. We've got other callers lining up, but thanks so much for calling in. Let's move on to James from Dallas, folks. Uh, we're asking what's gone wrong with American education? How can we get it right? James, what's your view? Uh, biblically, it starts with the parents. Uh, the yes. Bible teaches that the parents should train up their children in the way that they should go. So it's our job as parents to first teach our children, number one, obedience. If children aren't obedient, how can they sit still and learn? That's one of the teachers' number one complaint is, sure. I can't get these. I can't teach them anything because I spend all day disciplining them. Well, if we would begin with disciplining our children and then training our children, discipling our children at home, because that's where it starts. The Bible didn't teach us for the school to train up our children. It says for us to. So, All right, James, let's do this. I'm going to pitch that to Dr. Kramer. You can take his answer offline. We're going to have to move to the next caller in a minute. But, Dr. Kramer, I think James has raised an important point. Sure. What is, under the Christian worldview, the role of parents here? If the, if the public school or the private school is sure. not cutting it, what's the role of the parent? Well, I mean, this is the whole thing. It, it, we're not going to say it's up to the village to give my kid an education. It's not up to the village. It's not up to the public school. It's up to me. Now, if I send my kids to a public school, then I'm going to hold the school accountable for what they're doing with my child, or I'm not going to keep the kid in, in, in that school. So I'm going to go down to the school, and I'm going to talk with the teacher. Teachers, they want to teach. That's why they're there. They're, they're they want not, parental support. That's too. what they, they want. Do want that. So for crying out loud, go to the school, sit down with the teacher and say, hey, how can I help you teach my kid? How can I at home help my kid learn? And you know what? If a teacher's non-responsive, I'm not going to crucify the school. I'm going to sit down at home and say, all right, son, they're not making you read this, but I'm going to ask you to read this. I just want you to read this and maybe you can talk about it with your teacher. If she won't talk to you, come back and talk to me about it. But uh, we do have to take the responsibility first. I think all of us agree on that. All right, Angela on the line from Ranger. Angela, thank you for calling and holding. What's your view? Well, I've got three things, and I'll try and be with it. In the late 60s, they enforced segregation finally, and we unfortunately learned that the African Americans had not been receiving an equal education, and the teachers had to scramble to catch those kids up. Then they instituted mainstreaming in the 70s, Ah. and now teachers are having to teach all levels of children in one class rather than having similar levels. And now No Child Left Behind is about to make it worse. They're requiring that states only have 3% of their students in special education. Wow. So these mandates from... (laughs) Teachers are overwhelmed with these mandates from on high from Washington, D.C. And uh, here's the problem, I think, Angela. Uh, the federal government has given all this money now for education. They used to not do this. But the, with that money comes all these conditions. Right. And uh, we talk about being t- forced to teach to the test. If you're going to take those federal dollars, you've got to take that That's right. uh, federal program. That's right. Um, let's go on to Jerry from Lancaster. Jerry, thank you for calling and holding. What's your view? Well, I have two comments to make, and then I'll let you take it. All right. Uh, the first one is I believe that you know, I graduated in the 70s, and, you know, we had rights as students, but we also had responsibilities. 
well, they've given students more rights, but not enforce the responsibilities, yeah. and that there's a lack of balance yeah. there. And uh, number two is we've, we've allowed our children to be on a first-name basis with all adults, and that takes the respect factor out of it. <laughs> and I'll let you take it from there. What do you make of that, Dr. Kramer? Well, I will throw in that that second comment is important. Uh, we've lost, it's, and it's not the student's fault. Uh, it is the fact that we have erased the distinction between those who might know something and those who don't know something, and then the right, therefore, to teach them something. Because if you don't hold any absolute values or any objective view of what needs to be taught, then you do just kind of go in the room and say, hey, let's all just talk together about whatever we want to think, and uh, that's not going to accomplish anything. But there are plenty of teachers who don't feel that way about it. They want to teach with authority and they want to teach the facts and it's hard for them to do it because it's hard to reassert a position of authority in an environment where authority is constantly undermined. That's true. I think that's a fair observation. All right. We have Lisa on the line from Carrollton. Lisa, thank you. Oh, I think we lost Lisa. That's okay. Folks, we're talking about this study released in USA Today uh, by the group Common Core, which says that our high schoolers do not understand our history do not know it, and do not understand the basic cultural traditions and information they must know to function as American citizens. I remind you of this startling statistic. One-third do not know that the Bill of Rights guarantees freedom of speech, freedom of religion. We are not reading and we are not teaching our children to read today right? Um, and to read the right kinds of material. And that's part of it. That's part of it because you cannot just teach the, the structure of what you want people to do and give them no content. Otherwise, you end up with a very well-educated and potentially malevolent evil uh, population. I mean, the, the most educated population on earth in most people's opinions in the 1920s and the early 1930s was uh, Germany. And uh, having all of that education didn't help. Knowing Just knowing how to learn is not mm-hmm. enough. You have to learn good things. You have to learn what is true. And uh, that has to be part of our educational process. Okay, Lisa is back on the line. Lisa, thank you for calling back. What's your view? Um, I actually teach in Dallas ISD. All right. I teach mathematics at the 10th grade level. And what I'm seeing is that since our push is for everybody to go to college and everybody isn't yeah. really ready to go to college, yep. doesn't want to go to college, yep. then we're dummying down yep. our curriculum yep. in order so that we don't fail all these kids. And that's a real problem for us as educators. And hey. it's a real... I struggle with it all the time. Lisa, I'm a college president. We've got here a college professor. And I can tell you we should not be wanting everybody in America to go to college. That's a huge mistake. The British have this right. The Europeans have this right. By about age 16, we need to figure out who's fit for college, who should go to college. Let them figure that out. There there are second and third chances if you miss it there. But in any case, the idea that every high school graduate should go to college is a huge mistake. Yeah, and it's it's not the fact that college is not incredibly important or that we wouldn't emphasize people going there, but it's the fact that we can't let our fear that some people are going to feel left out keep us from allowing people who are excellent to apply their excellence in the best possible way. That's why dumbing down is always a bad idea. Even when you pretend we're going to smart everyone up to the same level, the reality is you end up dumbing down. And we have to acknowledge competition is not a horrible thing. All right. If you're called to Christian ministry, Criswell College is the right choice. We do believe in college. Amen. And we have a preview day tomorrow 
8 o'clock tomorrow morning. Show up. You may not have reservations, but it's college for a day. We'll do breakfast. We'll do lunch. We'll do uh, a class. We'll do a chapel together. You can find out about Criswell College if you want to prepare for Christian ministry. Go to criswell.edu. You'll see more about it. This is Jerry Johnson Live. We'll be right back. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. All right, if we're not teaching our children to read, to write, to do arithmetic, we're not teaching them American history, the fundamentals of Western civilization, Christian culture, what are we teaching them? How are we training them? Well, I've been looking at a book recently called the plug-in drug. It's an old book by Marie Wynn. She says, you know, well, we're just letting that television set babysit our children. Oh my and uh, a major study came out this week which says materialistic society is damaging our children. And they talk about the commercialization of childhood and how it's affecting children psychologically. Um, we're going to talk about this right now because if you don't teach and read and discipline, well, there's, there's a vacuum there that's going to be filled. That's What's right. it filled with? It's filled with television. It's filled with commercials. And the commercials are telling you, you don't have this. Bye. You don't look like this. You need this to be happy. This is Jerry Johnson Live. My guest is Dr. Barry Creamer. He teaches humanities here at Criswell College. He's also professor uh, teaching ethics, theology, philosophy. Tomorrow we have preview day at Criswell College. We want to invite you to come down at 8 o'clock. We're going to have coffee and donuts, and um, then we're going to have chapel for a day. We'll go to classes. You'll have um, uh, really the college experience for a day. There's no charge. We'll have lunch together with the faculty, 8 o'clock tomorrow morning here at Criswell College. So we're really talking about education today, the importance of education. And uh, Dr. Creamer, um, we are really living in a materialistic culture, and sure. this study that came out says there are worrying psychological effects, rising mental health problem, right. problems when these kids are preoccupied with possessions. Sure. Uh, in fact, their exact statement is those most influenced by commercial pressures are also showing higher rates of mental health problems, just like what you said. The The question is, which direction does that go? Uh, you know, are they more interested in material things because they have psychological problems, uh, because they have that vacuum? Nobody is uh, filling the void for them. And uh, there's there, there are recent books out, one called Wounded, that deals with that very topic, that there's a generation of children who basically feel neglected. They're not, they're not unwilling to yield to authority. They're not unwilling to attach to a mentor. There's just no one who's willing to take time to sit down with them and say, this is how you live life. This is what you commit to. This is how you, you follow something more significant. I think the funniest thing about this study, uh, ironic, I mean by funny, uh, is that it was done uh, by interviewing adults. So they, they interviewed 1,225 adults, and 89% of the adults felt that the children were more materialistic now than in previous generations. Well, now, I'm just thinking, I wonder where the kids got it from. Uh, we're always inclined to condemn in others what we condone in ourselves. And we are, I mean, you know, we are the guilty party. Uh, kids don't learn materialism because they just developed this commercial 
uh, culture. I'm all for uh, an active economic culture. I'm for people going out and buying things sure, and sure. making the economy go. But there is an obsession that we have with having to have the newest gadget. Uh, well, and Americans are certainly there. I think the baby boomer parents right. have been indulgent with these children. And um, they are so we've seen in the previous segment, they don't know about the Bill of Rights. They don't know about the Declaration of Independence. Right. They don't know about Moby Dick. But they do know about an iPod, a Halo, a Game Boy, well, a PlayStation. Right. And uh, they've got to have it. That's you have right. to have it. And um, we could take a little theology here from Veggie Tales. Do you remember <laughs> oh, the Stuff Mart? The Stuff My Mart. My favorite one, Madam Blueberry, <laughs> Booberry. And she's never happy. She keeps going back to that Stuff Mart. And, um, yeah, that's good. I really believe uh, this study is prophetic just, uh, again, uh, there have been many studies we don't have to do the studies. We right. just have to go home tonight yeah. and look in our rooms, uh, our children's rooms, and um, the idea that a new toy every week or a new electronic device is uh, going to make us happy. Again, I think the purpose of commercials is to say, you don't have this, right. you don't look like this, you need this to be happy, to be cool, to be sexy, or what powerful, whatever it is. Sure. And Jesus said, a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. Right. Now, I, I want to throw in here that I, I certainly don't want us to sound like we're blaming corporate America for what's going no. on. Their job is to sell their products. <laughs> That's right. more, more power to them. It's, sure. You know, it's the, obviously, again, we're back to parents and, and how we do our job of raising our children. And I just, you know, what's really scary about this is uh, when you think about, uh, for instance, this statement by uh, Bob Reitmeyer is, as adults, we have to take responsibility for the current level of marketing to children. Now I'm thinking of the most recent just uh, schizophrenic, uh, I mean, frenetic marketing program, which was this Hannah Montana campaign right. you know, going around the country. And, you know, all the things that I saw about that, it, it wasn't the kids who were standing in line from six o'clock oh, yeah. in the morning. To, it was parents yeah. who were going and participating in the, the frenzy. It was it was crazy. I mean, yeah. how do we turn to those parents and say, OK, so let's help our kids have better values than than what? Than parents who are standing in line for eight hours to get Hannah Montana mm. tickets. It just drives me crazy. Well, let's shift gears. There's a third study today. Uh, we've got, right. again, Dr. Barry Creamer. He's professor of humanities here at Criswell College, but he also teaches theology. He teaches philosophy. He teaches ethics. And we're just looking at the scene this week, what's going on in American culture. The headlines for the Dallas Morning News yesterday, study outlines America's leap, leaps of faith. Right. And essentially nearly half of all Americans have changed religious traditions. Uh, that is, they're changing religions, many over to the unaffiliated column, right? which really means what? It means they're unchurched, or they're not active, or they're spiritual, but not religious, perhaps. What did you think about this study, Dr. Kramer? Well, uh, obviously, you hear the first reports, and it's, it's uh, kind of scary. It's not surprising, though, in the people I know, uh, they do live like this. There's very little attachment to the traditions in which they were raised because there's very little emphasis both in the—and I don't mean this critically of pastors. I pastor. You've pastored. We're, we're there. But uh, there is very little emphasis on doctrinal integrity, on understanding biblical teachings. And when you lose that, then why would people hang on to the things that they grew up 
with. They'd be willing to let go of it. Now, there's a little comfort or consolation in reading some of the more detailed statistics that are at the bottom of this particular reporting. Uh, For instance, about six in ten Baptists and Lutherans stayed with the church of their childhood. Uh, That's slightly comforting. It's better than uh, the statistics otherwise. (laughs) (laughs) But but of the ones who left, almost all of them left to go to other evangelical denominations. So it's not like they're actually abandoning their Christianity. In fact, a vast majority of those who are Christians remain Christians. In fact, the exact quote is, most Christians stay Christians. So, you know, good news in that. But there is very little attachment to the realities of what we're supposed to be learning. It's really pretty closely attached probably to what's going on in our classrooms. If you show up at a church and the pastor spends all of the time in the sermon teaching you why specific doctrines are important, uh, you're liable to go down the street to the other church where the guy can teach you how to make more money or be happier with your uh, with your wife or uh, to do something that's more practical or something that makes you feel more psychologically whole. So, uh, you know, we have to add some depth to the content and quality of what we're putting out there. A lot of, uh, you know, a lot of what this study talks about is simply that it's a very competitive marketplace. That's how we think of our religion. It's, it's a marketplace. There's the health industry, the military industry, and then there's the religion industry. And so in the religion industry, we have to market ours the best we can. And maybe we're not doing a good enough job of holding on to those people. Uh, that's how they look at it. I think, I think we should see it slightly more uh, intensely than that. You know, we want to make disciples. That's what our calling is. This is Jerry Johnson live from Criswell College. My guest, Dr. Barry Kramer, he teaches humanities, philosophy, ethics, theology here at Criswell College. Tomorrow we have preview day. We want to encourage you to come out at 8 o'clock tomorrow morning or 8.30. Whenever you get here, we have coffee and continental breakfast in the morning. It's a great time. Then we're going to have classes, chapel, classes again, lunch with the faculty and president. Uh, find out more about Criswell College. If you feel called to prepare for Christian ministry as a pastor, evangelist, missionary, counselor, just a better Sunday school teacher, say, I'd like to get in the Word of God. I'd like to learn some theology, some doctrine, some counseling. Uh, Criswell College could be the right place. Uh, check us out on Criswell.edu. Well, we're really talking about what's happening to today's generation of young people. Right. I'm looking at a LifeWay study right here, uh, Dr. Kramer. Right. Um, they're very good on research. What do teenagers look like today? We've we've talked about what they don't know when it right. comes to American history. We've talked about the materialism. Uh, LifeWay really looking at their spirituality, this good. generation. Good. Here we go. Listen. I believe heaven exists, 69%. I will go to heaven because Christ died for my sins, 53%. Say that. Uh, is this is this among evangelicals or is this out in the broad population? Do you have any idea? No, Does this is say? a this is a broad uh, survey. Okay, just right. a just a generic survey. Wow. Um, I will go to heaven because I'm kind to others. Twenty seven percent. Oh boy. <laughs> I will go to heaven because I'm religious. Twenty six percent. Wow. I don't know if I'll go to heaven. Twelve percent. Wow. I don't believe in heaven. Five percent. Right. I don't care if I go to heaven. Four percent. You know, part what's of your it, reaction to that? Well, part of it is how funny uh, and inconsistent teenagers are, not necessarily <laughs> because there's something wrong with them, but they, they don't necessarily put together a, cons- a coherent system in their thinking. And for 69 percent to say they believe in heaven and five percent to say they don't, uh, leaves you, <laughs> you know, you wonder where all the others are. I, I, you know, I've been around some outstanding teenagers. Uh, we did a disciple now down in Salado a couple of weeks ago, and well, we had a great time. There are real disciples out there. But, you know, the bulk uh, of teenagers are waiting for someone to step up and show them the way to be a disciple. Uh, and nobody steps up and does it, so they don't become disciples. Well, it's encouraging that you said that. Look, our, our schools, 
have fallen short. As parents, we fall short. Um, the church in many places falling short. Right. That's really what a place like Criswell College is all about. That's right. Uh, to help folks catch up, catch up with their education, catch up in their knowledge of the Bible, catch up in their own discipleship and walk with the Lord to mature. Right. If you're looking for that kind of an education, I want to invite you to come out tomorrow morning to preview day here at Criswell College. Uh, we'll start eight nine eight eight thirty. Uh, we're going to start the program, but we'll have coffee and snacks at 8 o'clock. Then we'll have lunch, chapel for a day. You join us. This is Jerry Johnson Live, Dr. Barry Creamer. We're going to hear William Buckley defend the existence of God when we come right back. Hey, what are you doing with your life? If you're interested in doing ministry at college or just doing something for Christ now, come to Chriswell College and learn how you can get your education and get trained for ministry. Chriswell College in Dallas offers fully accredited bachelor's and master's degrees in biblical studies, youth ministry, missions, evangelism, counseling, and more. If you'd like to come and check us out, we're having a preview day on February 28th from 8.30 until 1 o'clock. Preview day is a free event where you can sit in on some classes, have lunch with professors, ask any questions that you may have, and worship with us in chapel. Give us a call today at 214-818-1393 to reserve your spot. We would love to help you out and answer any questions that you may have. Call us, 214-818-1393, or go to chriswell.edu. Call 800-899-0012 for more information about Preview Day at the Chriswell College. You can also see more information on the web at chriswell.edu. The Chriswell College in Dallas. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. I understand Senator Obama said that uh, if al-Qaeda established a base in Iraq, that he would send troops back in uh, militarily. Uh, Al-Qaeda already has a base in Iraq. It's called al-Qaeda in Iraq. All right, that's Senator John McCain. He's running for president. He's reacting to the Democrat debate last night because Obama was asked, you want to pull those troops out now? What if, what if uh, al-Qaeda comes in? Would you send our troops back in? He said, yes. And, of course, McCain saw an opening there because al-Qaeda is there right now. And um, I promised that we would do debate analysis. Well, that's it. I'm abbreviating it. That's all for tonight because uh, we've been doing enough of that lately. But we're on this topic of um, what's happening with this current generation. Folks, we've talked about uh, the lack of historical and cultural understanding that this young generation has, high school, college students, the need to know what it means to be American, uh, the freedoms we enjoy, the traditions that uh, we've built upon. We've also talked about this surging materialism that our children are growing up under. They've got to have the next thing, and they've got to look like the person on television. They've just got to have it, or they won't be happy. Well, mm-hmm. it's actually making them unhappy. We've also talked about the fact that they're confused spiritually when it comes to doctrine and theology and their own Christianity, their own faith. And um, today, something very interesting happened. William F. Buckley, Jr. died. Mm-hmm. He was 82 years old. He really was a Renaissance man. Mm-hmm. And in a, in a way, Dr. Kramer, 
he ties together these themes. Talk about that for a minute. Well, that, that's exactly right. I mean, he is extremely important as a popular intellectual figure in our culture because he managed to reach people through the media. Uh, the Firing Line, you mentioned, is an, an incredibly important show for decades. And uh, he founded both and edited the National Review, a hugely influential uh, popular intellectual journal. And uh, his, you know, when people describe him, they, they use the word articulate. Uh, I found that what most people mean when they say he was articulate is they didn't understand a lot of his vocabulary. Uh, I think part of what he saw his job as uh, was being able to uh, drag the American people, drag his audience up from where they were into a more enlightened position in the world. And I don't mean by enlightened trusting humanity and self-reliant. I mean actually understanding things that are true. Uh, So he you know, he filled the current. There, there's a current vacuum in understanding about just basic things: economics, morality, uh, ideas about our basic values. We just don't have that. That's what these studies are are showing in our children. And he wanted to address that, fill that vacuum. William F. Buckley, dead at age 82, and we thought it would be appropriate today to just play a little bit of sound. This man really talking, I think, in a fun way, in a funny way, about the existence of God. Now, it's some of this you'll say, whoop, that's over the top. I don't quite get that. But uh, that's what this guy did. He, he inspired you not only to believe and to know, uh, but to learn more. That's Here right. he is, William F. Buckley, Jr. I've always liked the exchange featuring the excited young Darwinian at the end of the 19th century. He said grandly to the elderly scholar, how is it possible to believe in God? The imperishable answer was, I find it easier to believe in God than to believe that Hamlet was deduced from the molecular structure of a mutton chop. That rhetorical bullet has everything, wit and profundity. It's more than once reminded me that the skepticism about life and nature is most often expressed by those who take it for granted that belief is an indulgence of the superstitious. Indeed, they're opiate to quote a historical cosmologist most profoundly dead, granted that to look up at the stars comes close to compelling disbelief. How can such a chance arrangement be other than an elaboration near infinite of natural impulses? Yes, on the other hand, who is to say that the arrangement of the stars is more easily traceable to nature than to nature's molder? What is the greater miracle, the raising of the dead man in Lazarus? or the mere existence of the man who died, and the witnesses who swore to his revival. The skeptics get away with fixing the odds against the believer, mostly by pointing to phenomena which are only explainable, you see, by the belief that there was a cause for them, always deducible. But how can one deduce the cause of Hamlet, or of St. Matthew's passion? What is the cause of inspiration? This, I believe that it is intellectually easier to credit a divine intelligence than to submit dumbly to felicitous conjuries of nature. William F. Buckley, Jr., dead at age 82, defending belief in God. Are we producing in our schools people who can... Write that kind of an essay, oh, Dr. Man. Kramer. No, 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 not right now. You know what's, what's genius about this is his ability to see the significance of the mundane, 
the things that were average. The, the question that he asks in the middle, what's, what's the greater miracle, the raising of Lazarus from the dead or the existence of the man who died to begin with and of the witnesses who gave testimony to it? It's that ability to see things in the average world around us and realize that they're actually significant that sets somebody like William F. Buckley apart. And I'm not trying to sanctify the man. He, he, he was just a great intellect, and he, and he spoke some great things. But it is true. I mean, when, when we're discussing things like on the ballot, whether, and of course we're not doing this here right now, but in our culture we are, whether euthanasia should be okay. And somebody thinks, well, it's just a difference of opinion. If you want to have it, go to Oregon. You have it. If you don't want to have it, be here. They don't realize the significance of the basic values that are being represented by that. And the, and the really quick, not some long theoretical one, the really quick, real, slippery slope that we get on that takes us to a culture without any values whatsoever. And just like you said, that creates a vacuum, and we fill the vacuum with the uh, shiny trinkets that make us happy with our uh, death culture or whatever it is else that we embrace. It's just a terrible place to William F. Buckley, dead at age 82 when he founded the National Review in 1955, he said he proposed to stand athwart history yelling, stop, at a time when no one is inclined to do so or have much patience with those who urge it. Stop, he was saying, relativism, materialism, socialism, liberalism, right. the things that we were talking about earlier in this program that destroying the current generation or at least making it very difficult for them to find their way in America as Christians. And uh, that's what we've been talking about today. What is the Christian worldview? Well, Deuteronomy 6 says this, These words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit down in your house and when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. The primary responsibility for education and cultural training is with the parent. That's right. And uh, if your children are in public school, you better go to that school board meeting. You better go meet that teacher or you're not right with God. And (laughs) if not, then you ought to do homeschooling. That's what I do. But that's another great option. I think it's a, a great option, the best option. But one way or the other, you better take responsibility for educating your children That is the word of the Lord. Now join us for Preview Day tomorrow. Thank you, Dr. Creamer, for being with us. And tomorrow, a new kind of conservative, Dr. Joel Hunter and basketball player Alan Houston gives his Christian testimony. You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, President of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective.